We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. on Easter with hacking death. Now Jesus hacked death, right? And then we moved on and we talked about hacking anxiety and then we talked about hacking disappointment and today we are jumping in by hacking insecurities and that's one of my big ones and I think that God purposely chose me because of the insecurities that I have. So we are dealing with life hacks and as I was growing older, Back in, in, in um, school, I needed these life hacks. And so right now, I'm just going to ask you to pray with me as we deal with these issues that a lot of us go through. Lord Jesus, be with me. Be with us. Open our hearts and our mind to your word. And that these insecurities that we have, that you may hack them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, growing up... I had a lot of insecurities, like like really bad, bad insecurities with um, speaking and sharing up front. You see, I even had to search it. I was lalophobic, and that means that you have a phobia of being up front and speaking to the point my my hands would get sweaty and they would drip. My armpits would be dripping. Guys, you don't understand. Uh, my heart would decide to crawl up and go in my throat instead of stay where it needed to stay. So I was lalophobic and I had a fear of speaking. And I didn't notice this until around junior high. I don't know, you guys call it middle school, but I grew up in Toronto, Canada, and we called it junior high in seventh and eighth grade. And I needed to hack these insecurities. I needed to hack these insecurities. I needed an easy button. Do you remember do you remember this button? You guys remember that a while back? I needed an easy button. And so I, I came up with my own hack, my life hack, my easy button. In English class, what we would do is they would have uh, a novel study. And what I hated was the fact that in our novel study, we didn't ha- get to read it by ourselves at home. We had to read it out loud and take turns and read paragraphs. And that was deafening to me. My heart would start pounding. Why? I was not a good reader. And I was scared that if I screwed up a word, people would make fun of me, they would laugh. And so therefore, what I did, I created my own life hack. So what I did was when um, the teacher told whichever side of the room to start reading, she would read down the rows, right? And so what I did was I realized that, okay, two people ahead of me, what I will do is get up and leave, because we were on an honor system. So I would get up and leave, take the bathroom pass, and I would go and chill in the bathroom for a little bit of <laughs> And I would chill and I would relax and, and I would come back and I would miss my turn. Yes, life hack done. That's all I needed. That was my easy button until the teacher found out about it and realized that Christine John was never there to read her part in the book. 
So um, I was banned from going to the bathroom during reading time, but I had to come up with something different. I needed a different hack. And so this time, it wasn't as permanent and nice as the last time where I didn't even have to get involved. This time, I would count. There was one, two, three, four, five five people before me. So therefore, I went to the book and I would count five paragraphs down and I would find my paragraph that I had to read and I would ignore everything else. So I didn't even get the story. I was too concentrated on my paragraph and I would read it over and over and over and over again until it was my time and I would feel more comfortable. So you see, I was insecure. I wasn't strong. I wasn't courageous. I wasn't bold. I was scared and this was my insecurity. And every time I thought about myself, that's what I thought. Somebody that was weak, scared, feeble, quiet, and not bold. But when I think of the the name Moses, what comes to your mind? See, when I think about Moses, I think about strength. I think about a strong leader. I think about somebody that is powerful. The picture that I get in my head is when he's standing in front of the Red Sea and he has his rod in his hand and it's open. This is just a picture I'm getting because I, I see it on movies and I see it in books. And he's standing there with his hands open wide and the sea is parted. So I see strength and I see boldness. But guess what, guys? Moses didn't start off that way, not at all. Thank God it's not just me. Let's dig into the word together. We see this in Exodus. We're going to stick around Exodus 3 and 4. So if you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand, and the house crew will get one to you. But I'm going to go ahead and start. It's Exodus chapter 3, and right now we are going to read Verses 1 through 4. It says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of the Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord, and we learned last week that whenever we see the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament with the Lord capitalized, that means the angel which is God. So the angel was God himself. So the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Let's fast forward to verse 11. It says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, we're in verse 13, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you, And they ask me, who is his name, or sorry, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. 
Let's look at chapter 4, verse 1. And then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. God bless the reading of his word. You see, Moses' story, for those of you who do not know, it started off a long time ago. Like here we see him as a grown man, but his story started as a baby in Exodus. And this baby, he was part of a group of people called the Israelites or the Hebrews. And these people were enslaved and in bondage by Pharaoh, the Egyptians, the Pharaoh army and the Egyptians. Now, uh, this group of people, the Israelites, they were in bondage for over 400 plus years. And in bondage, they started growing in number. And to the point that Pharaoh was concerned, like, the slaves have outnumbered us. We need to do something about this. They will overtake our throne. And he, uh, Pharaoh decided to send all his soldiers out to kill every baby boy. But God had his hand on Moses. You see, God had a purpose for Moses' life. So uh, his mother, Moses, I mean Moses' mother and the sister conjured up some fancy basket. Um, They probably used some kind of life hack to create a basket that could float on water without sinking. And they put baby Moses in it. And they put it on the Nile River. Now, the problem with this is, first of all, the soldiers are coming to kill all the baby boys. And I'm taking my child and putting him in a basket, not knowing what is going to happen. Because this Nile River is told that it has so many crocodiles in it. So this baby's on in a basket. And he's floating along. And guess who finds the basket but Pharaoh's daughter? And she takes this baby, and she raised him as his, her own. And so Moses, who is a Hebrew, who is an Israelite, is now raised as, as an Egyptian, right? He's in the palace. He gets the best food, the, all the riches, all the glory, because he is considered an Egyptian. Now, as he got older, he discovered that he's really not an Egyptian, he's an Israelite, he's a Hebrew, and that his own people are the ones that are enslaved. His own people are the ones that are being treated bad. And he's getting upset with this to the point he sees a soldier treating one of the servants bad, and he goes and kills him. So now he is a murderer, and he realized what he's done and the soldiers are after him and he takes off running. So now he's not just a, a, a murderer, but he's a wanted man. He's on the run. He's on the run. He's in the wilderness and then he decides, he finds his wife, he finds some chil- he, he has some children and he has a home for himself in Midian. He's, a, he's now just a shepherd boy. Shepherd. And he leaves the past behind him and he, he starts a new life. Right? And and in this new life we see that there's a there's a fire, there's a there's a light in the mountain and Moses is tending to his sheep and he says, Let me go check that out in the mountain, see what is going on. And that's when we find here in the story he sees a bush that is on fire but not being burned. And that's where we pick up here, where God is talking to him, and God calls him for, to do a task, to go and get the, the Israelites, the Hebrews, his people, out of bondage. And Moses says, 
here I am, but. Isn't it funny that we do that in life? We're, we're ready. We're ready to go. Here I am, but. So now we see all the excuses that start coming up, all the excuses why he should not be the one to be chosen. Excuse number one, he says, I'm not good enough. Haven't we used that before? Haven't you used that like, I'm not good enough for that. I'm not going to do that. This is where we find in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, Moses says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? His question is, who am I? Right there we see he has an identity issue. Who am I? I started off as an Egyptian. I was powerful. I was strong. Then I realized I was nothing but a slave. I'm a, I'm a Israelite. I'm a Hebrew. Now I am a murderer because I killed somebody. Now I am on the run. Who am I that God you would choose me of all people to go back to a king and tell him to let my people go? You see, God so often chooses the most unlikely candidate to fulfill his work. You see, God did not accept this excuse number one, right? God did not accept this excuse because it's the same excuse anyone could use. And we so often use it. What if I was having a Christmas concert and I go to somebody and I say, you know what? I want you to sing with me in my Christmas concert. And this person cannot sing uh, for nothing. And the person, the first thought they're going to say is, but I'm not good enough to sing. But then we have to think, who said? What if I needed you to sing a certain part? What if I was singing, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. This is your part. What if I just needed you for that? So right away, right away, you are discounting yourself and you're discrediting yourself because you don't even know what God is asking you to do. So God did not even answer Moses' question of who he was because that is the first question Moses asks, who am I? But God responds and we see in Exodus 3 verse 12, God responds and says, but I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. You see, uh, he's asking, but God, who am I? And God is saying, I will be with you. But he's saying, who am I? It doesn't matter who you are. Point number one, God's presence in my calling is more important than the task he's calling me to do. You see, when God asks you to step out, and when God asks you to do something, now if you try to do it on your own, it's going to fail. Or his, the end result will not be the same result as God planned. But when you step out in faith and when you do as God asked you to do and his presence is there, then his mission will be fulfilled. Point one, God's presence is in my if God's presence in my calling is more important than the task he's calling me to do. Excuse number one was not good enough. So we move on to excuse number two, Moses. He says, I don't have all the answers. 
No, you don't, Moses. <laughs> but Exodus 3, verse 13, it says, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your father has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? You see, Moses was raised in Pharaoh's household. And he was well-educated. He had the best professors. He was smart and he was wise. Yet he questions his abilities. But he misses the point here. You see, this call wasn't about his abilities. This call is about God's abilities. See, God was asking him to be an empty vessel so God can use him for his glory. You see, this excuse did not fly with God. Because Moses didn't need to know it all because it was never for him to know. God knows it all. You see, God doesn't give us the big picture, but he will give us puzzle pieces along the way. You see, point number two, I may not have the answers, but I know the one who does. So your excuse, Moses, failed. But he goes on and he moves on to another excuse, excuse number three. People won't believe me. He says it in, in chapter 4, verse 1. He says, then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. Now, this excuse is human, natural human instincts. You see, being vulnerable is scary. He is afraid of going back to a land that he left behind him. He doesn't want to remember the sins of what he did in the past. So, number one, he's afraid of going to, back to Egypt because Pharaoh and his army are after him, and he's a wanted man for murder. But not only that, he's also afraid of how his Israelite, his Hebrew people will accept him because he's lived this life that betrayed them. So he, he's in a very hostile position. But you see, God did not dismiss this excuse. He equipped Moses to overcome it. Now, Moses' question is, how will they believe me? And God gave him two signs that his presence will be with him. God first gave him a rod. And with that rod, God gave him the ability that when he threw that rod down, it would turn into a snake. And that was the first miracle. And then he would lift the rod up and it will turn back into a stick. You see, now, if he, if he showed them that, then they would know that the presence of God was with him. Number two, the second one that he shows them is his hand. He says, Moses, I need you to put your hand in your cloak. And he would put his hand in his cloak. And when he pulled it out, his hand was leprous and it was diseased and it had bumps and all stuff on it. And then he would tell Moses, put your hand back in your cloak. And then when he pulled it out, his hand was healed and back to normal again. You see, uh, God does not call the equipped, point number three, but he equips the call. You see, God does not go out looking for somebody that has it all. God does not go out and looking for the best candidate for the job. You see, he's looking for the humble and he's looking for the low and he's looking for the yes, sir, I will do it any way necessary. You see, God does not call the person that is fully equipped, but he calls, he equips the one he calls. So Moses, 
your excuse of people won't believe me, that ain't going to work. So guess what Moses does? He moves on to excuse number four. Come on, aren't you seeing a pattern here? He's just coming up with excuses, excuses, excuses. Excuse number four, but I'm a terrible speaker. That is right down my alley, guys. I was, man, growing up, that lalophobic phobia was strong on me. He says, I'm a terrible speaker. In Exodus 4, verse 10, Moses said, then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Now, scholars says that this slow of speech and slow of tongue meant that he had a stutter, right? So he had a speech impediment. He had a problem with speaking. But guess what, guys? I'm going to call Moses' bluff on this one. Do you know why? Because in the Bible, and I see in Acts 7 verse 22, it says that Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. That excuse is lame, Moses. We see that you can speak, but I'm also wondering, is he saying that as a humble heart, saying, I'm not good enough to speak on your behalf? Is he saying that with a humble heart, saying, my words that are coming out of my mouth, Lord Jesus, is not good enough to to reach and to touch your people that have been faithful for so many years. You see, this excuse was his best sales pitch for God to use him for his glory. You see, remember last week, Pastor Muta preached, and he said that in our weakness, that is when God is strong. You see, God could have used any other Israelite. He could have used any other Israelite or Hebrew for his glory. You see, he could have used somebody that was strong in their faith, somebody that was willing and bold, and somebody that if God said to move, they would walk out without any fear or doubt. But he chose to use Moses. Why? Because he wanted to use Moses. Moses felt weak. He felt inadequate, but God knew that Moses was the right man for the job. And so many times we see in the Bible, there's people, there's Gideon, there's Jeremiah, there's Paul, and the list could go on and on with people that felt they were not worthy of the calling that God had on their life. You see, point number four, in my weakness, God is strong. God purposely used somebody that felt they were weak, that felt they were inadequate, that felt they didn't have the skills because he knew that in their weakness, he will show his strength. You see, uh, these excuses are coming and coming, and God is just knocking them down left, right, and center. But he has one more, guys. Excuse number five, I'm not qualified. Haven't we ever used that one? I'm not qualified. You see, in Exodus 4, verse 13, it says, but he said, oh Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. Right now, he's saying this, I'm I'm finally at my wit's end. This is my last excuse. I have no more. Please, Lord, anybody but me. He runs out of excuses, and he just gives up and says, God, anybody but me. 
And instead of saying, you know what, God, you, you're right. I'm just going to send somebody else. God still wants to use Moses. So what he did was he called his brother Aaron. And Aaron was stronger in speech and had the abilities that Moses felt that he lacked. And he called Aaron to be alongside him and walk this journey out with him. And isn't it good that God sometimes calls people in your life to walk out with you in your journey? I'm going to call out my fair sisters when sometimes we need encouragement and we see a text that says, I'm praying for you. And and sometimes we, we go in regroups. You guys are not in your regroups for no reason because God has put you certain places so that people can walk alongside you or that you can be the person that walks along somebody that feels they are weak. So we see that that is not good enough. I'm not qualified. It's not a good enough excuse because I'm going to send somebody to walk alongside you. You see, God God is going to use you despite you. God is going to use you despite what you think about yourself. God knows the the end from the beginning. So he's going to know what to do. You see, Moses from chapter 3 and 4 in the beginning of, of his stories seems very weak and very feeble and, and very, I don't want to, God, and but what if? And as we keep reading, we discover that Moses became stronger and Moses became bolder and Moses actually fulfilled the mission that God had for him all the way until death. He was faithful to God. You see, point number five, last point, God works with me where I am and then he takes me to where he wants me to be. Thank you, Jesus, for working with me from where I am and taking me to where I need to be. I'm not the same Christine I was in the past. And neither will I be the same Christine I am today. You are not the same person you'll be today that God has for your life in the future. You see, we have to be willing to leave behind our excuses And we have to be willing to leave behind the insecurities. See, Moses is done with his excuses, but the question still remains, how will they believe me? You see, growing up, I don't know if you guys know about having different clubs and different groups and and, uh in order to be a part of it or in order to get in. I'm thinking of the movie The Little Rascals. Has anybody seen that movie? And the boys have their little group, their little boy gang, um, and the little girl wants to be a part of it, but she doesn't know the, the special code. And whether the code is a knock or whether the code is, is a call. Cuckoo, cuckoo. I hear you, ladies. Those are my fair sisters yelling back. But whether it you know what? Pause for a second. On that note, on that note, um, I was at Ma- McDonald's the other day, and I, I, I placed an order. Um, and after placing the order, the McDonald's was very empty. I was surprised because McDonald's is never empty. So um, I was in there. I placed my order. It was after a lunch rush hour, and there was nobody sitting down eating. So I guess everybody else was lazy and taking the drive through. But whatever. I was inside. I ordered. I paid for my food, and I waited. And I waited, and I waited, and um, out of nowhere, I hear, and I'm like, okay, um, 
that's one of my sisters calling, but there's nobody in here. This doesn't make sense. And so I look around, and I look through the drive through because you know if you're standing at the front, you can see the people driving through. And I see Angie and Aisha out in their car uh, saying, hey, girl, what up? You know, so right away, that was the call to know that I was around family. I was around somebody I knew. And what's funny is maybe God wanted me to share these stories because it happened again this week where I was supposed to pick up my kids from school, and they have pickup lines. And you're supposed to have a number that hangs from your rear view min- window. And I forgot my number in my husband's car, so I had to park the car. And I had to go walk into the school and go to the office to pick them up. Um, but on the way back from picking them up, and we're walking back, and I have to do the shameful walk by all the other cars because they have their numbers and I don't. Uh, and I hear again... And right away, I know I'm in the presence of family. I know somewhere is my girl gang, my sister. And I look around, and I see in the car, Tiffany is there waving like, Hey, Christine! And so, so God is saying, what sign can I go with that these people are going to believe I'm from you? What sign can you give me that... I know that they will accept me. What sign, what noise, what word, what knock, what are you going to give me, Lord? How will they believe me? And we see here in Exodus 3, verse 14. Thank you, Jesus, for your signs. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, here it is, guys. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. That is his code right there. That is the nugget that he could feel confident in knowing that when he faces these people, all he has to say is, I am has sent me to you. And they will accept. You see, we need to hack these insecurities. We need to hack these um, these failures and these these doubts that lie inside of us. And let me give you a quick algebra lesson to hack it. I know algebra is some of y'all favorite subject. Math, yes. I know my husband's cringing like math. No. So um, hopefully everybody could see the board. You see. A little bit of algebra with a twist, okay? Because I was a I was an elementary che- teacher, so anything past high school, whoo. Anyways, um, so we have God here, right? And I'm gonna put my nice equal sign. So we have God, and we have God the Father, correct? Oh, I miss writing on boards. This feels nice. This feels like home. We have God, our Father. We have God, the Son, which is Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pull out his, his government, his full name, Jesus Christ. Right? <laughs> and then we have Jesus, our Holy Spirit. Right? Holy Spirit. So we believe that God, We have one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, which is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, three persons in one. So God is equal. They're all equal, correct? Am I doing good with my algebra right now? It's simple. It's easy to follow, right? 
So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're all equal. I'm going to make sure my equal sign is nice and bold for you guys. They're all equal. But if you read here, who's talking in this? It says God said to Moses, right? So God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. So, so if God is saying, tell them I am has sent you, that means God is who? I am. And I'm going to make sure I do it in capital because I, I don't want you to confuse I am with just I am kind of thing. So if, if God is equal to Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and God is I am, that makes I am the Father, that makes I am the Son, and that makes I am the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? So let's hack some insecurities today. We see in Romans 8, verse 10, and I need you guys to help me today. It says, but if Christ is where? Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. It's Christ is in you. So if Jesus Christ is in me, that means who is in me? I am. Let's go on to uh, 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. It says examine yourself. It means take a look at your life to see whether you are in faith. Test yourself. Or do you not realize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is where? Do you not realize that who's in you? Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ is in me and he's in you, that means who is in me? I am. Okay, let's look at Galatians 2 verse 20. It says, I have been crucified. This is a famous one. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, Christ who lives in me, if Jesus Christ is in me, that means I am is in me. The great I am. I could go on and on and on, but I'm just going to give you one more. Ephesians 3 verse 16. It says, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power, through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell where? In your heart through faith. So if Christ is in my heart, that means I am is in my heart. You're not getting me today. You see, according to the Bible, the Holy Spirit is in me. So therefore, I may not be bold, but I know the great I am. And he is bold and he's living in my life. You see, I may not be strong enough, but I know I am. You see, I may not be bold, but I know I am. You see, I may not be brave, but I know I am. You see, I may not be wise, but you, you see, I know I am. I may not feel like a good mom, but I know I am. And I may not feel like I could speak, but I know I am. And I may I may not feel, I may not, I may not, I may not, but I know the great I am, and he's in me. Do you not hear me? God is 
from the dead is living in your heart today. Stand to your feet and let's praise him for who he is and what he's done. Lord Jesus, you are the great I am, but you see fit to live in each one of our hearts. Lord, we're grateful and thankful because when we are weak, that is when you are strong. You see, when we doubt, that is when you stand strong, Lord. When we fear, that is when we feel secure, Lord Jesus. And we're believing on you to do something in somebody's life today. We need to hack these insecurities, Lord Jesus. We need to hack these doubts and fears, Lord Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.